Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Steve Hilton Show. A very important conversation today on an incredibly important topic. It's been in the news, not just here in California, but all over the country and for very good reason. It's the story of this bill that was introduced in the state legislature. You've heard this story before if you're a regular um, of ours in, on, this, on the Steve Hilton Show. Senator Shannon Grove, a Republican, introduced a bill um, to make the trafficking of children, including sex trafficking, a serious crime in order that the punishment could fit the crime. And we know what happened if you've been following the news. Amazingly, unbelievably, Democrats in the state legislature blocked this bill. And it's just, for most normal people watching this story unfold, it was just incomprehensible. So I'm delighted to say that we're joined today by Senator Shannon Grove. She's been with us on the show before. She told us about the story of how this bill evolved. She's had one go at this before. This isn't the first year that she's tried to get this through, but it was looking good this year until we had this astonishing vote in the legislature. And now it looks like things are moving forward again, but to unpack all of that and tell us about her bill and the progress it's making, Senator Shannon Grove is with us. Shannon, it is just so great to see you because you're really at the heart of something that's become a huge national story. So for those who didn't hear our first conversation about this, could you just explain the the history of this bill, why it's needed, your first attempts to make it happen, and then bring us up to date? So absolutely, Stephen. Thank you so much for covering this. We need to keep it out in the media so the pressure stays on my colleagues to be able to get it out of the next committee into the onto the floor into the governor's desk. So SB 14 um, previously two years ago was um, as, as a different bill number uh, and it that bill number failed in uh, the public safety committee on the Senate side. We took amendments and we narrowed the bill to only focus on sex trafficking children. That's it. Zero to 17, it's a serious felony if you sex traffic a minor or sell our children for sex is a different way to say it. That bill got out, SB 14, got out of the Public Safety Committee on the Senate side. Um, unanimous vote, got off of the Senate floor with every senator voting aye. And then we end up in the Assembly Public Safety Committee, and it dies. And we were all floored. The, the survivors were floored. The sponsor was floored. The law enforcement was floored. And frankly, I think the governor and the, the entire state Senate was floored, including the 50-plus co-authors that we have. Uh, that created a media firestorm, which exposed what happened and pulled the curtain back just a little bit to see what goes on in that public safety committee. Uh, Californians were outraged, and within 48 hours, they retook the vote again. The same people who killed that bill voted for that bill, and it's now on its way to appropriation. Right. So does that mean it's now passed the legislature? Basically? No, no. It needs one more committee to get past the legislative body. And then it goes to the assembly for a full floor vote where we we have the votes to pass it on the assembly floor. Uh, we don't yet have all the votes to pass it in the appropriations committee. So we're hoping that we pick up some more votes in the next couple mm -hmm. of weeks. And then that bill gets off of appropriations to the assembly floor to the governor's desk. So let's go back to the issue itself. Why... And, and just explain the significance of the, the sort of legal and policy change that it would make to define a particular crime as a serious, it's a serious felony, right? That's the term. You're, you're kind of upgrading it 
Could you, um, in terms of its seriousness, and that it has a particular meaning, doesn't it, when you put the word serious in front of things? Yes. Could you explain all that for those who haven't been following along? So right now, if you get convicted of sex trafficking a minor, it's not considered a serious felony to sex traffic the minor. Now it is, and you can upgrade to a serious felony if there's torture, coercion, all these things. But my bill, I want the selling of the child for sex to be the serious felony. Um, if you get arrested, um, convicted, like I used a Mr. Richardson was an example of many, many examples out there. Mm -hmm. that he got arrested for sex trafficking a minor in Orange County. He got convicted. He got sentenced to 12 years and served less than four. Um, then he came to my district, sex, tra sex trafficked three minors, and then got arrested and convicted again. And um, he went from, it's usually four, eight, or 12 on, years on the first offense. And then it doubled eight, um, eight, 10, or 16 on the second offense. My bill would kick kick in on the second offense as a strike and make you serve your time in prison, which you were allocated. You can still get credits, but I want you at the, the, the length of your sentence, if that makes sense. So is that, so that, so by, by defining in the law as a serious felony, that changes the sentencing regime that a yeah. judge can apply. Is that, 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 that's the heart of it? The heart of it. And if you get caught a third time doing this crime after you get out of prison, then it will give you potentially 25 years to life. This bill narrowly focused on sex trafficking children is for repeat offenders. It doesn't wrap up victims. It doesn't wrap up those women that are what they consider horrible, horrible word bottoms. It, it's a horrible word. It doesn't wrap up them in it. I can tell you that the... Um, the heat unit out of Alameda County has prosecuted over 850 cases. They have charged one female that was trafficked in this uh, charging process and then later uh, took those charges away and didn't prosecute her. Another large area that we have that prosecutes is Orange County. The Orange County District Attorney's Pro uh, Program has never, their office has never prosecuted someone who has been trafficked as a victim in order to make them a perpetrator because of the actions that they do under duress from the yeah, it's interesting. I, you were talking about this last time. What is that about that you would even prosecute the person who's being trafficked? What, what, tell us a bit more about that. So the opposition is saying that the bill would wrap up um, sex trafficking victims, and that is not a true statement. But what are you they know, basing that on? Pardon, they're just rhetoric. Rhetoric. Oh. If you read the bill language, it specifically allows vacature and an affirmative defense. And it allows for someone who is trafficked that is ordered by the perpetrator, you know, you beat that other girl or I'm going to beat right. you. It's in survival mode. Those women cannot be prosecuted under my bill. And um, so when they use that as a as a, a distraction in a conversation, they're not focusing on my bill. Got it. Just to be clear. So that is if in the, co in the course of being um, trafficked, effectively imprisoned, um, a victim is, as as part of their their imprisonment, effectively ordered to commit some kind of violent or other crime on another victim who's in the same kind of process. That's what they're talking about here. That's what they're talking about, and my bill specifically excludes them. And if you go back, the last you know 
10 or 15, 20 years, if you go back, you can look at district attorney's offices like the heat unit, like I said, in Alameda County has prosecuted over 850 cases and they've charged one one trafficking victim and then later on took those charges. Okay. That's really, really helpful for you clear, clearing that up. Thank you. Yes. Um, now give us, again, this is something that we talked about before, but I think it's important that we keep it in mind because it's the whole point. Could you give us um, your, uh, you know, you've, you've spent so much time on this and you've, you've been speaking to victims, you know, countless victims, what, um, and hearing from them. Just give us a sense of the scale of the problem in California, because I think a lot of people will be shocked to, to, to hear just, you know, wh why this is such a big issue for us here in California. So human trafficking in California is a hotbed because of our porous border, our ports, our 99 and I-5 quarters to Vegas and across the state. Um, so we're a hotbed for human trafficking. And um, this came to about, I went to a human trafficking um, day, awareness day. I heard a victim or a now a survivor of human trafficking that was trafficked at the age of seven years old, had grown men all over her at seven years old. It's just disgusting. And I looked at that and I talked to staff and they're like, you know, that's not a serious felony listed in the state of California. That's when we started pursuing it two years ago. The bill died and now we're over three quarters of the way there. And um, my hope is to get this bill to the governor's desk for his signature. And it's girls and boys, isn't it? It's girls and boys. And as a matter of fact, during this committee hearing, when the chair, Reggie Jen Sawyer from Los Angeles, who's running for Los Angeles City Council, made the comment that it disproportionately would lock up black and brown individuals um, and that they would be affected. My witness, a black female said, you know, when I was seven years old, I had black, white, and some knit women um, that were purchasing me for sex. And so it doesn't matter what color your skin, if you're selling a child for sex, um, you should go to prison. And that's a lot of the statement from our survivors. When I've talked about this, um, you know, in the media and elsewhere, I have made the point that as far as I'm concerned, it's, this is, it's hard to imagine a worse crime. In many ways, I think it's, I mean, you know, people may disagree. I mean, it, it, in, in some senses, it's worse than murder because the, the, the effect on a child, you know, having that done to you as a child, I mean, that you, that's going to stay with you for your entire life. I talk to survivors all the time that have been trafficked as children. And um, even though they're on the survivor uh, road, I guess is the best way to explain it. Like Des Perkins trafficked as a child is now an author, a speaker, a, a teacher, a counselor interventionist for at-risk youth. She still deals with the trauma every single day of what happened to her. Jenna McKay from the Jenna McKay Foundation, the exact same thing. She still deals with the trauma every single day, but has chosen to take that that road to help rescue and serve others in this same arena. And just what, what, what about the scale of it? Because, you know, we're a big state. You mentioned the border. I mean, is, is this, I mean, you know, do, do we have a sense of how many individuals a year are affected by this? Anything like that? So it's the fastest growing criminal industry. It's a multi-billion dollar a year industry. When you think about it, it's superseded like the drug trade close to the arms trade. Because you can sell cocaine to somebody once and then it's gone, but you can sell a 10-year-old girl for sex 10, 12 times a night. So you replicate that revenue that you would get from selling the child for sex, which is just completely disgusting. And um, so it's, it's, it's superseding a lot of the organized crime that we have now and as far, as far as like the revenue portion of it. 
And that's why it's important that we put these perpetrators in prison. And and whereabouts is it, you know, most prevalent throughout the state? I mean, is it, is it the cities? Is it, you know, where, where's this going on? It's going on in Los Angeles on Figueroa Street. It's going on in urban areas, suburban areas. It's in San Francisco. Um, it's all over the state. It's prevalent all over the state. This is an issue that's affecting the United States of America in certain cities and areas, Texas, Arizona as well. This is not a third world country problem. It is in our in our st United States of America, specifically in California, as the number one traffic state in the nation. And where are the victims coming from? Are they, you know, who, who are they? Who do they tend to be? So the majority of them tend to be from low socioeconomic disadvantaged communities. If you look at the Coalition uh, Against Human Trafficking in Los Angeles, they say 70% of the women in their shelters are Black, and over 50% of the children on the street are Black in Los Angeles, which is really just disgusting when you think about it, and it's very sad. The other part of it is, is that there's, um, you know, uh, on the porous border, you have, you know, children being trafficked and brought across our border. You also since it affects everybody. Jenna McKay, who I mentioned earlier, came from a Christian household, two-parent household, full rights scholarship to Vanguard University, and, you know, met a man uh, uh, just a few years older than her. You know, I love you, baby, courted her for a couple of months, invited her to Vegas. She goes to Vegas. There's a knock on the door. There's money exchanged, and men come in and rape her. So this is not just low-income families or socioeconomic disadvantaged families. This is a broad spectrum, but it does show the data, the FBI and other data does show that if you've been in foster care, you're more likely to have been touched by the foster care system, you're more likely to be in these situations. So, um, and it's, it's very, very disturbing that even the Democrats, a lot of them on the public safety committee that that care about these particular issues would not support this bill when it first came. Well, it's it's just unbelievable. Well, I want to get, spend some time on the politics of that because I think it is important. But of course, we have, we you know we 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 have to start as we did with the humanity of this, which is the these these victims, and it's just it's just unimaginable that that this is going on. And I I just want to talk about the Figueroa Street because I've read about that, and and you will know much more than I, and I think our audience will be interested in this. What I've read is that they, there you have place in Los Angeles on the east side, isn't it, of the city, where, like, I mean, the, the way I've, I've read descriptions of this, you have sort of literally cars sort of backed up, lined up around the block, and then in the headlights of the cars, y y young with girls are just sort of paraded as you, that you, you can sort of choose from. Is I mean, and this is going on in Los Angeles. It's amazing. It's going on in Los Angeles, California, and other major cities as well, but you can Google Figueroa Street, young girls. Um, you can Google Figueroa Street, um, you know, and sex, and you'll see that exact description of what you just described: car after car after car lined up waiting to purchase sex uh, from someone who is selling a child for sex. It's just, it's, it really is disgusting. And if you, if, if Californians, which I think their awareness is getting stronger and stronger and stronger, if you looked at some of these videos, it would just break your heart. If you talk to some of these survivors, it would break your heart. And a parent, a Latina parent, talked to me about her 14-year-old girl that was trafficked. And I said, how did you find out she was being trafficked? And she says, my phone dinged. I clicked on a video, and it was men raping my daughter. Oh, my goodness. That is, I, my staff and I can never unsee these horrific things that we've seen 
um, learning about this bill and about this industry that's surpassing and becoming one of the largest criminal industries in the world. It's just horrifying in every way. And and again, I just want to say thank you for 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 doing what you're doing on it because it's just, I mean, it must be incredibly traumatic. I I, I can totally understand that. Let's talk about the politics. Um, you. As, as you mentioned, you, you you tried to do something about this two years ago, and that bill failed because it was blocked in the legislature by Democrats, including in the Senate, right, where you serve. Yes. Um, and that was, was that, it sounds like from what you were saying that that's because it was, in their view, too broad. It was, it was not limited to children. Is that the case? Yes. In their view, it was too broad. It included everybody in, in sexual exploitation, including children and adults. Um, and it also included labor trafficking. You know, we have marijuana grows, illegal marijuana grows out in San Bernardino County where they're rescuing these poor people that are just locked up in sea trains that are being forced into slave labor um, to grow this, you know, illegal marijuana. And Sheriff Dykus out there has been just a hero rescuing these people. So my bill covered everybody labor and sexual exploitation. Um, the bill died. I also had the violent felony piece in there, which wouldn't allow a victim to apply for vacature or um, have an affirmative defense. So we dropped that to make sure that the victims weren't wrapped up in a piece of legislation, that, you know, without intent. Um, and so we dropped that and only made it a serious felony. We narrowed the bill to just children under this age of 17. I fought and fought and fought for transitional youth, 18 to 25, we, the bill would have died in the Senate if I would have kept the 18 to 25 I mean, length. Great. Okay, first of all, like, what? I, there's so much about this that is just to, to normal people, I think, just, I mean, I, I again, I use this word all the time about what's happening in California. Unbelievable. You cannot believe it. Let's just go back to that first version of your bill. I'm very glad you, you went into the details. What's the objection? I mean, these are the people who lecture us constantly about, uh, how we need to do reparations for slavery. And you've got some modern day slavery going on. And it sounds like they were, uh, they, they blocked your bill that would have fought against that. You know, I, there's no explanation. Um, you know, we just, we have to accept the fact that we live in California and there's a Democrat supermajority in the building. Um, you know, out of 40 senators, there's eight Republicans and 32 Democrats. You need, you need 21 to pass any piece of legislation. Um, so just think about those numbers for a second. So it is very well, well, okay, but why isn't it forty? I mean, honestly, like you 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 have a bill that is uh, trying to uh, outlaw with you know severe criminal consequences slavery that's happening today. Like, why isn't it a forty vote to zero on that? Like two years ago, it actually didn't even get out of public safety. I don't have an explanation for you. I don't understand the process of that. And like when it died in public safety, this current bill that only addressed children, media was like, what happened? It, it's, it's about children. And they were almost stuttering to the fact, interviewing me that, it, that everybody was blindsided, specifically when it got out of the Senate on a 40-0 vote, yes. 40 zero nose. And then Reggie Jones-Sawyer out of Los Angeles killed the bill and right. was... They were, I had one reporter say, I didn't even go to committee because I thought it was a for sure thing. Um, how did this happen? And I said, you know, uh, we're just in California. And there, uh, and I just thank God that there was a light shined on this public safety committee 
This is the same committee that killed fentanyl bills that were brought up by Democrats and um, Republicans, rape of an unconscious woman, domestic violence, rape of a, de a developmentally disabled individual. This committee killed those bills or made severe amendments on those bills. So I'm glad that they were exposed. Yeah, for sure. And I think I'm right. And you could add to that list the gun, the, uh, the, the gun, was it the gun violence one as well? The, the, the making that, um, in, in, you know, re in, in, uh, instating the ability to have gun enhancements and making gun commission of a bill, a Saley's bill from the assembly side. Bill, a Saley's bill, they killed that in public safety as well. I mean, it's just incredible. And they, again, these are the people who lecture us endlessly about gun crime and gun violence and so on. When there's an actual bill to make it less likely by increasing the punishment, they're against it. Let's tie it all but together because this is the thing. That, so now we, we, you know, as you said, they, I, I can't, and normal people wouldn't understand why the bill from two years ago that you just described wouldn't have sailed through, but it didn't. And then you were, you patiently worked on it and you came back and you said, okay, where can we find some, you know, enough votes to get it out of the Senate, which you've now done. Um, fantastic. And you did get 40 to zero. Fantastic. And then it goes to the assembly and they, and they vote it down in the committee. Now I do want to talk about the, the why, because it is, it seems so incomprehensible, but the explanation that, I, I, the, the, you know, it's just the only explanation is, and this is why I say this is a defining moment for the Democrats in California, is that this is its ideology. It's their ideology that is driven by the, 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 the whole kind of um, extremist version of criminal justice reform, which basically argues that, that in itself, by definition, incarceration is racist. Because in the past, and to a certain extent now, it has disproportionately affected black people, particularly young black men. And, you know, I agree with a lot of that critique. And there's a lot of good work that, that, that I think that you can get a consensus around in terms of criminal justice reform and making sure it doesn't target people unfairly. And people aren't in jail for too long for crimes that aren't serious or violent. But, but what's, what's interesting here is that that ideology is now applied in such an extreme manner, it just trumps anything else. And this is true of the Democrats these days, these far-left Democrats, on, on so many issues where all that matters is the ideology and the practical consequences in the real world they're just not interested in. And that's true when you look at the climate stuff that they're pushing. Um, we, and I mean, I don't want to go into, you know, down another tangent from your bill, but you know, all these issues, it's the ideology. And that's why this vote, because it's so... It reveals that so starkly that on something that it's impossible to imagine how anyone could be against this, and yet they are against it, and it's because they're obsessed with their ideology. You're absolutely right. And when you say the leftists or the extreme left, that's who killed this bill. This bill has almost 52 co-authors, okay, and a majority of those are Democrats in the Assembly and the Senate. So um, it it is a true bipartisan measure, but the extreme left is on this public safety committee. Even after this, all the media uproar, we still had two individuals, Assemblymember Mia Bonta, and then um, uh, Mr. Bryant, um, Mr. Bryant, Assemblymember Bryant, uh, voted abstained. They did not support this bill, even after it was forced back in. Yeah. Mia Bonta is married to this attorney general. Yes, she is. She's married to the attorney general, and the attorney general has made statements, and we've used his statement in the past 
um, about sex trafficking should be, human trafficking should be a serious or violent felony. We've used his statement in the past. And she still shouldn't vote against it, you're saying, on the second round. But she... She abstained. She didn't vote at all, the same as the first round. But she's an independent person. She's the legislative member. He's the attorney general. So she's her own individual. And so, but she did not support the bill in the first round or the second round of public safety, and neither did Mr. Bryant. That's amazing. What's, so the first round, when it went to the assembly and in this public safety, did you say that, what was the, what was the vote? What, what were the votes there? The vote had two Republican votes and six Democrat votes ex, uh, abstaining. What, the first week, that when, when, before they, didn't they vote it down? Yes, yeah, so so you have to have six votes to get it out of committee. Six kind of just on your hands. Right. We so they so by abstaining they blocked it. By abstaining they blocked it. We had two Republican votes and that's it. And then and the second round we have four Democrats and two Republicans, which gave us the six votes to get it out of committee with two abstaining. Got it. So first of all, the abstaining is in just uh, utterly and, and you, as you say, after all this not just California, but national media attention, they're still sticking to their guns. It's amazing. But yeah. they, so you've got the four um, Republic, uh, four Democrats who flipped. Let's talk about that. So there's been reporting that this was because of an intervention by Gavin Newsom. Is that your understanding of what happened? I think that was very helpful. He doesn't engage in the legislative process very often, and he engaged in this process. And I was, and, you know, I have to say thank you because I don't think it would have had the attention that it got uh, without that engagement. And is it normal to have a, a re-vote, as it were? That's it. That sounds like a unusual procedural thing, is it? It is very unusual to have that happen um, immediately. I mean, this all happened within 36, 40, you know, 40 hours. You know, it, it happened pretty fast. And who decides on the, that you can have a re-vote? The Speaker of the House, which is Robert Rivas, um, and uh, they make a motion to uh, have the body vote on a revote and immediately return the bill to committee. They they suspend the rules, they um, reassign the bill to a committee, and then they reinstate the rules, if that makes sense. Interesting. No, that's very helpful because I think these things are important. And Rivas is the new Speaker of the Assembly. The new Speaker, yes, sir. And he is... Uh, described as being a bit more, um, a bit less extreme. I don't want to say moderate because not, it seems to be it's hard to find a moderate Democrat these days in California, but a bit less left wing than the previous guy. Is that your understanding? Yeah. It might. He's more middle of the road from what I understand. Okay. I, I I worked with Anthony Rendon and I, I we worked on several things together. Here's the previous guy, the previous speaker. He's the previous guy. And then um, just getting to know Robert Rivas. So it feels to me like what happened was that, um, perhaps, you know, you, you, you have colleagues there that you need to work with. So I totally understand if you, know, if you want to be a bit more diplomatic than I will be. But it seems to me that, that this wasn't a change of heart. This was a change of political calculation, which was, wow, we've just had this vote um, uh, and it would have just not, not, you know, gone on as normal, but massive attention on it, including it nationwide. This is really bad PR. We we have Absolutely. to we have to do something about this, and that's why you have Gavin Newsom has obviously got presidential ambitions, and you know things that happen in California, you know, including through the legislature, end up sort of going into the mix of things that people would look at when they think the governor of California, what's happening in his state, 
And, and, you know, this is not something he would want to defend. So it seems to me that this is just, you know, their, their political calculation here. It's not like they actually, I think they're still committed to this crazy extremist ideology. So, I mean, it was a very bad look for them. It was a, a very, very bad look for them. And, um, you know, especially because we have 40 votes coming out of the Senate. And then to have it die in public safety with this extreme viewpoint, that was an extraordinarily bad look for them. And it was indefensible. They could not defend it, especially when the media yeah. took over it. California had an uprising. But I think, by the way, we should, you know, I, my view is don't let them off the hook. And in fact, I think it's very interesting now that we've, well, let's, there's two things I want to say. First of all, we got to get the bill passed because what yeah. matters here is protecting as uh, is. children, right? The bill passed as is. They're trying to force amendments uh -huh. um, after it got as voted in as is from the Senate, went off the Senate floor and consent, went to public safety, died, and then voted out of public safety as is. There were no changes. And then as soon as it voted out of public safety, the chair of public safety, Reggie Jones-Sawyer, got on the media and says, this is not a perfect bill. We are going to address this bill. We're going to add amendments. So I haven't seen any of that in writing yet. Um, but there is rumors and things like that floating around about what they want. And um, so we just have to figure out how to get it out of appropriations onto the assembly floor as is. I see. So the appropriations vote is where they could introduce amendments that would weaken it. Yes. Whew. And one of the discussions that I had, sorry, with Mr. Jones Sawyer was um, one of the discussions I had with Mr. Jones Sawyer was that he wanted a uh, on the second offense. So first offense, second offense on the second offense to allow a plea bargain to take place. I said no. Well, I mean, what's wrong with these people? I tr truly I don't understand. I mean, it's, it, I mean, isn't there at some point there's your basic decency and humanity kicks in? You would think so. And it did. I mean, I really do think it did. Um, Assemblymember Ortega, uh, people haven't seen that. She actually put up, I was wrong. She said I was, not me, but she put up a statement that says I was wrong and I made a mistake. And I'm not only voting for this bill, I'm going to co-author it. And I think that had a lot to do with pressure, but also she's a mom of children, right? And I, it was very hard for her to follow the chair's lead because the chair is actually in charge of the committee. And mm -hmm. she immediately had a change of heart. So, um, and there are other uh, Democrats on the committee that had a change of heart. So I really, I think the chair's was political. He's running for a Los Angeles city council. And if you look at KCRA's interview down in Los Angeles, they exposed what he did and then said, this is the individual running for city council. So I think that was a lot of political pressure, but I mm -hmm. do think that there are genuinely change of hearts on the public safety. Amazing. Well, it's amazing. And, but let's, Okay, so so we're not out of the woods yet. So when is the what? How does what's the sort of timing on the process? The appropriations and then the full vote of the what? What's after appropriations? Full vote of the assembly. Yes, so it would go to appropriations in the first couple of weeks of August, and mm -hmm. then it would go to the assembly floor immediately after to be taken up before the August thirty first deadline. Um, that's the plan. Um, we're hoping that we're able to do that. Keeping the pressure on will always help. Um, mm -hmm. You can follow me at Shannon Grove CA on Instagram or Twitter. We post up the um, information available where you can call legislators on the Appropriations Committee and ask them to support the bill. It's helpful if you're in their district, like the Los Angeles area, um, Anaheim, Pasadena. Um, the chair is Assemblymember Holden, and we would love to have him on this bill. Okay, so basically they could now do 
they could they could they could stop stop the it's amazing that we're even having this conversation but i know, you know the possibility for for it to to go wrong is first of Welcome all to my world you know on on appropriations they could weaken it to the point where it, it doesn't do what what it needs to do and then i guess on the full vote of the assembly it sounds like it's not so much a danger of, of it being voted down and not but they could run out the clock is that a realistic thing they could just like not get it in before the deadline so they could. I don't think they will. Um, we have commitments that once it gets to the assembly floor that it will go to the governor's desk. So hopefully those commitments. And I've been in the building a long time. Well, since 2010. And when Democrats, certain Democrats give you your, their word, um, they really do follow through with that. There are very, I can't name one time that it's been broken when I dealt with certain Democrats, not all of them. I mean, I've right. dealt with one during this process that broke his word to me during this process. So, um, but not everybody is. Okay. Well, I know that you will be uh, keeping us all updated. We'll follow along. But I do want to come back to the big, the political, you know, what we've learned here. And actually, I, I, I kind of want to go back to the first bill, um, which is you had a bill that would outlaw slave, not out, I mean, increase penalties for slavery, slavery, sex and, and, and domestic servanthood or labor. And they, and the Democrats killed it. Yes, that was SB 1042, and it was uh, last year, year before last. What's, it's amazing. I mean, I think that, you know, every time anyone talks about reparations, like throw that back in their faces, no? Yeah, no, absolutely. You're absolutely right. Um, again, uh, we narrowed the bill, made it very specific and very narrow. There was There is no reason why we should be going through the drama of this bill and putting our survivors through this drama as well. We sh that should not be happening. Um, every survivor that showed up at that committee hearing was expecting a victory and then tears and crying and just everything that happened on this roller coaster move by the Democrat yeah. here. I mean, it's just a complete insult to, to them and 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 their and and what they and their trauma. Um, you know, words. It's just hard to find the words. But I do, I do want to. I mean, on the slavery point, the 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 because let's let's just play this out. So hopefully, before long. You know, within the within, you know, when does he sign it? After August the thirty, you know, like early 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 September, something like that. I would hope he would sign it immediately when it got to his desk. Okay, this so survivors so surrounding him. Right, exactly. So hopefully that's done, and you've you've got a massive victory here, and you've done a great thing for the state of California and also for the world because it's not just as you as you're describing. You know, they they come through California to other places. That's great. What about the slavery point? Like your first bill. I mean, it feels like that is another, you know, like we should come back to that because how can you have Democrats not support increasing penalties for, 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 for labor-based labor? I mean, I, I just, especially given all their rhetoric on reparations. Well, um, that would be an, a different bill than what I have, yes. but I get it. I get it. And especially with um, labor unions, labor unions should be supporting that because they're all about justice for the worker. And, um, you know, and Democrats should support it as well because they don't want, you know, they, they make a big deal about, you know, cash wages under the table that affect the, the economy and, and pay people lower wages. But these are individuals, you know, out there working for free where the trafficker controls what they eat, when they eat, when they sleep, controls what they do. It's actually, it's, it's, it is slavery. If you look at the definition of slavery. It is. It is. It it is. is. And I've heard other people describe that. This is, you know, it, but you, that was, 
it was the same um, approach. It was to increase the to, to define it as a serious felony. Is that the change? Yes, that's the change. Serious felony, so it can become a strikeable offense. And on your third reoffense, you would get twenty five to life in prison. If this bill specifically targets repeat offenders, so I'm gonna shock you again. I'm gonna look at your face when you're doing this. If you sex traffic a child and sell a child for sex. And you get out of you get sentenced to twelve years, and you get out of prison in four, and you go on and be a productive member of society. This bill doesn't affect you, right? You have to do it again. You have to do it again to be affected by this bill. Amazing, amazing, yes. I think that I think this I think the slavery point is very interesting politically, because it it exposes their hypocrisy, right? And you see on all these issues, because now we've 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 got it we've got it on we've got a lot of attention on this sex trafficking of kids, right? They finally you know reversed under the pressure, but they they didn't on guns on gun crime that they lecture us about the whole time, and they didn't on slavery, and they did not rape of an unconscious woman or rape yeah. of a developmentally disabled person or a domestic violence. Yeah, uh, so it, I, exactly. I mean, those things is just yeah, exactly. These are the people going about Me Too and and gender equality and so on. Fentanyl, fentanyl. Yeah. They killed several fentanyl bills that are you know fentanyl is the number one drug harming our children. Yeah, and that's why I think and let's just sort of wrap it up here. I, that's why I think it's a really significant moment, and the fact that you fought so doggedly for this and kept going with it and brought it to people's attention. And now, every, you know, it re, it's very widely known. Like, this has become a big, big story, thanks to you. And so I think it is a moment where we have to say, this is not just on this issue. This illustrates, it illustrates the defining defect of the modern Democratic Party that has been captured by extremists. And so they, they take these positions that normal people just think are completely crazy. You're right. As I said earlier, this bill actually gave the public a view. It pulled back the public public safety committee, which is not about public safety. Um, And it it actually exposed them for what they are. It's a really important moment. And so thank you, Shannon, for everything you've done on it and for and fighting so hard and, you know, nearly there. So we wish we wish you and and your team all the best um, for bringing it to a successful conclusion. And we'll check in with you afterwards. And, and 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 we keep following this story about these positions they take because it's incredibly important. Everyone's aware of it. Um, Senator Shanley Grove, thank you very much. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for covering it. Of course. Well, that's what we do here on the Steve Hilton Show. We go into the details that you need to know about what's going on in California. Make sure you follow us, of course, on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. And join us again for the next episode of the Steve Hilton Show. We'll see you soon. Bye.